1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And my name is Ray Lance. I'm so happy to be with you on a Sunday morning. And I have lots of things I'd like to tell you today. I want to ask you a simple question. Do you have an opportunity to take an early retirement buyout offer? Or do you know somebody who has? And should you do that? And what if you have an option to take a lump sum instead of a pension? Would that make sense or would it not make sense? You know, there's really a lot to learn and a lot to know on that particular topic. We're going to talk about some of those things today. And I'm happy to have with me, as always, Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. And, um, Tenny, um, this particular week is, uh, well, actually just gone by, is uh, Valentine's Day, right? That's right. And coming up, our son's birthday, our grandson's birthday. Wow, busy time. We won't think backwards to think about what triggered all of that, but um, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting point in history, isn't it? But you've got something coming up this coming Wednesday, which is kind of interesting. It's called a Lunch and Learn, and I know you had one this past week as well. We did, and we had a really good time. We had a good turnout, and everybody seemed to enjoy this. It's just one hour or so long, maybe a little longer if you want to stay to ask some questions, but it's all about the topic of protecting your estate, and it's really called a refresher workshop. Uh, Refresher because many of the folks that we see at these workshops have been to our seminars before, but this just kind of um, brings back to their mind, what's the difference between a trust and a will? Do I really need a will? All those sorts of things. So what are some of the things you're going to be talking about? Uh, we talk about the uh, advantages of having a living trust over a will and what's the difference, um, how to avoid probate, how to uh, eliminate the delays that are related to that, how you might want to protect your family home. I know um, a lot of people seem to have concerns about the most important thing to them is protecting their house from nursing home costs in case somebody has to go to a nursing home. Do you find that's the case for these little lunch and learns that you're doing? Yes. People, um, when they do ask questions afterward, most of them are talking about protecting assets, particularly their home. But I do want to mention that it is uh, going to be held on Wednesday, February 20th, our son's birthday, our grandson's birthday, uh, at noontime, and we provide a delicious lunch so you can sit and enjoy munching on your Um, sandwich, and I'll be talking about things that you may want to brush up on. So where is it going to be? It's held at our office on Fonts Corner Road. That's 352 Fonts Corner Road. It's just north of the railroad tracks, almost across the street from the law school. So people sometimes get a little mixed up with the various driveways on Fonts Corner, but we're... Also close to Vanity Fair, right? Yes. Yep. Across the street from the law school and Vanity Fair. All right. So the most so, important question is, I, um, I know you don't have a lot of room for a lot of people there. So if somebody wants to come, how do they make a reservation? 
please call our office. And our office phone is 508-998-8800. It isn't that you're setting an appointment per se, but you're letting us know that you're planning to come so we'll have enough room, enough food, and all those sorts of things. Well, let's jump right into our topic today, which is early retirement buyout offers. Um, We'll also talk a little bit about 401k rollovers and why those are important. If you leave a company, whether through normal retirement or whether through uh, an early retirement. And the other thing that happens a lot when people have an early retirement buyout offer, sometimes they have the ability to take money over time and sometimes they have the ability to take money as a lump sum. So there's two schools of thoughts as to which might be the best. But, boy, there's a lot of analysis required in making that decision, isn't there? Right. I don't know if you remember, but I had an early buyout offer from Girl Scouts. Yeah, I do. We won't go into a huge amount of detail on that. But why and do it, companies do early retirement buyouts? Why, well, why do they make these offers in the first place? It was a place? good deal for Girl Scouts as well as me. Um, the Girl Scout organization was merging councils, and so there uh, was some duplication of personnel. And in order to avoid paying two people, they made some buyout offers. Uh, And that's typical of what might happen in a company. Maybe a company has merged. Maybe a company is becoming more efficient or uh, doing some other kind of uh, new systems that require fewer people to um, actually run them. So uh, perhaps they want to buy out, particularly people who are older, who have been there for a while, because that's the kind of personnel that costs them the most money. Well, it's a way to reduce uh, labor costs, number one. It's a way to get rid of uh, more highly compensated people, perhaps, which helps the bottom line. Yep. And it's a way to make room for younger people in general. You know, I know just a few years ago, probably just three or four years ago, the post office had a buyout offer to get rid of 140,000 employees. And so sometimes when these offers come, um, they come with major uh, uh, numbers of people that are being laid off. I've had people in my office, even in the past few months, uh, who've been working for utility companies and companies like Verizon. Uh, Verizon periodically puts out a new offer. And sometimes what they do, I remember this one in particular, is they'll offer an amount of money for each year that you've worked, or sometimes it'll be a lump sum, and they'll say, we'll give you $50,000 extra plus your regular accumulated vacation if you take an early buyout and move on. And by the way, at that point, you can cash out your 401k or move it into an IRA and things like that. So there are a lot of reasons why companies do it, and... It's really hard to analyze sometimes. So when you had that decision, for example, Tenny, and you had an opportunity to take an early buyout, um, sometimes if you don't take the offer right away, it may not be repeated. It may not be repeated, and eventually your job may not be there. That's what I was looking at uh, when the Girl Scout Councils merged. The headquarters moved to uh, Waltham. I did not want to commute to Waltham, and I knew that uh, there were other people who worked for the Boston Council that uh, did basically the same thing that I did. 
and that I had a chance of being laid off shortly after the merger anyway. So between the opportunity to uh, receive a better deal and to not worry about uh, a layoff in the, in the future, I was pleased to take their offer. So some, sometimes a company is just looking to uh, reduce the number of employees, to reduce the headcount, and they'll make an offer because they want to encourage people to do it. But as you said, it's almost like you have a target on your back. You feel the pressure that if you don't take the offer and you don't accept this buyout proposal that's being made to you or the opportunity to retire early, um, then you may not have a job. Exactly. So uh, it was a very good deal for many people in our council when the merger took place. So I have seen people before who have actually turned down the first offer, and then sometimes within a year they'll find out they don't have a job at all. Yeah, it's really a, a very difficult situation. You probably remember that your brother and I think your sister also had uh, early buyouts from a utility company. Yeah, they did. They had worked for an electric company in the Worcester area. Well, I talked to a woman recently, and she had one of the Verizon early buyout offers. Uh, the difficulty is that she's in her very early 50s, and she's too young not to work. The amount that she would receive in the buyout um, and then the ability to take her uh, 401k, for example, because they have such a plan, um, wasn't going to be enough to allow her to really just fully retire. So she started asking herself the question, well, if I do this, am I going to be able to find another job or another job that pays me what I'm earning right now? So she made the decision in her instance that she didn't think her particular job was necessarily in jeopardy. And she said every couple of years, the company seemed to come along with another buyout offer. So she chose not to return the papers back within the 20 or 30-day time period and to continue working. So sometimes people have to make that decision. Well, and in her case, it was a reasoned decision, so not a bad one. And that's what it takes. It takes an analysis and um, some pre-thought about what you're going to do. In my case, it was uh, not a question. I did not want to commute to Boston, and uh, I knew that uh, one of us was going to be laid off, either I or the other person up in Boston that did the same thing. Mm. And if that person sometimes is younger, then you figure, well, that person is more likely to be left holding the job, and you might not be. Right. Well, I've seen it both ways. I've, I've seen, uh, I had a friend that called me a few years ago that uh, he had received a buyout offer and it was from his employer, Motorola, at the time and decided not to take it. Um, we talked about it. He had been advised that he probably should take it, but uh, he chose not to. And then in about a year later, um, they went through another massive layout with layoff without the uh, buyout offers. So he had just lost his job and didn't get paid as much as he would have been paid had he taken the buyout offer. It's not always the case. Yes, and you can't always predict. But um, so one of the things that we've done in the office at uh, USA Wealth Group was we've actually sat down with a number of people and, you know, dozens of people and helped them evaluate the terms of the offer and whether they could do any better and... Um, I will tell you that the overwhelming majority of the people that I've talked to 
have ended up taking the buyout offer because they're afraid they won't have a job. Well, and it's easier for people who are older, as you say, because they probably do not have to look for another job. It's always very difficult for people in their 50s, for example, because, boy, they don't know if they're going to get another job. Well, when you're making that kind of a decision, you need to look at your budget. You need to see what the total household income is. You need to figure out what do you want to do next. Um, Working with another lady over in the Plymouth area right now, currently, and we've been talking for about a year and a half, she doesn't have an early buyout offer, but she works for a major medical institution, a hospital, and she has the opportunity to retire. She could retire right now, and although she won't get a traditional pension, um, she has a very substantial 401k, and we've talked about putting that over into an IRA for her. But the difficulty with her is that she said, I'm not sure that I'm ready to be home yet. I'm enjoying what I do. I'm helping a lot of people. And I have to ask myself, really on the personal side, what would I do if I were not working? So she's not quite comfortable to make the decision. And by the way, she's uh, she's about, about 70 or a little over. But she enjoys her job. You also have to think about if you do want to work again, what's the likelihood that you're going to find another job? Or would this be an opportunity that maybe you could get into an entirely different field and do something you've wanted to do all your life? And then what about health insurance? When you're looking at the buyout offer, you have to ask yourself, what do you have for health insurance options? So if you've been under a covered health insurance plan, Tenny, um, I believe in most cases when you leave and separate, you can be covered under COBRA. Yes, but COBRA is not um, necessarily a fabulous thing. It guarantees your coverage, but you have to pay for it, and you have to pay for all of it. Oftentimes, employers are sharing the expense with you while you're employed, but under COBRA, they're not going to share the expense anymore in most cases. I mean, there may be a buyout offer that includes some medical coverage, but in most cases, you're going to be on your own for medical coverage. Right. Well, a gentleman named Abe Lemons once said, the trouble with retirement is that you never get a day off. (laughs) You know, I I talk to a lot of people, though, who when they're actually formally retired, they say that they're busier now than they ever were before when they were working. They can't imagine how they had time to do anything before, and they can't imagine why they don't have enough time to do the things they want to do. Well, a lot of people get very involved with Um, volunteering for various things. And that's just the way our country keeps operating is through all these wonderful volunteers. You know, one of the things I do when I'm putting together materials to talk about these shows, and today we're talking about uh, early retirement buyout offers and how to evaluate them and what's the best choice for you. Um, I also look for quotations, and I came across a really very interesting one from Barack Obama. And I thought it was very thoughtful You know, some people like unions, some people don't like unions. Uh, Some companies like unions, some companies don't like unions. We've had, um, in the community that we live in right now, recently uh, St. Luke's was making an offer, and uh, not an offer, they were making uh, a proposal to establish a union at St. Luke's Hospital. I haven't heard much about where that's going lately. I think they have to have elections and votes and certified results and things of that nature. I don't know too much about it, but 
This, I thought, was a very interesting quotation from Barack Obama, whether you like unions or whether you don't like unions. He said, it was the labor union, the labor movement, that helped secure so much of what we take for granted today, the 40-hour work week, the minimum wage, family leave, health insurance, social security, Medicare, retirement plans. The cornerstones of middle-class security all bear the union label. I thought that was really a very thoughtful quotation. To think about the fact that because of uh, bargaining and negotiations and maybe even strikes at some point in time, that we take a lot of things for granted that they've always been there. But in fact, as he points out, many of these things are a result of what the labor movement has done in this country. Unfortunately, um, our society is moving toward uh, greater benefits for people. I mean, there's always a tension between the company that wants to save money and the people who want to unionize to get better benefits. But um, look at Europe, for goodness sake. We are uh, behind them in the kinds of services and benefits that we provide to our workers and our families. Mm. Although now you get into a very difficult political area, which is uh, some people can say, well, if you want to take that kind of position, maybe you're really talking about socialism. So well, yeah. Think about I mean, that. People label things and decide upon their positions based on labels, but they really should think about the underlying information. Well, anyway. I'll just pick up on that one more time. Um, there are countries right now, and I think England is one of them, and some of the Scandinavian countries are others, where um, everybody gets a wage every week, whether you're working or whether you're not working. And it's really a very unusual thing. It was a test in, I want to say Sweden, but I'm not sure. It might have been Finland. Well, the theory is that people are going to be more productive because if they didn't have to worry about going to work every single week, then maybe they would be more creative and and create new inventions and set up new businesses for themselves and things of that nature. But before you say it's just a test, I've read stories recently in the paper talking about, I'm not sure if it's San Francisco, but it's one of the California cities and another city, I think, in the upper Midwest that are thinking about experimenting with the same thing. Uh, I'm not sure that I would agree with that. Well, I don't, I don't uh, necessarily either. Um, it needs to be thought through and maybe, maybe tested. Uh, but we're kind of going, going off our topic. Well, that's all right. You led me <laughs> off the topic, Jenny. I did. You, I'm sorry. You managed to do that all your life. <laughs> no. No, I'm just kidding. Well, Jonathan Swift once said, Every man desires to live long, but no man desires to be old. True. <laughs> and boy, isn't that the truth? You know, sometimes I'm never going to be old. I've always said I'm going to live to be 105 and a burden to my children. <laughs> Maybe you already are. I might already be. <laughs> well, let's talk about buyout offers and come back to that topic. All right, you brought me back to our topic again. So let's assume you get a buyout proposal. First of all, make sure you understand the terms of what's being offered. And then the second thing is uh, you need to decide – are you really going to stop working or are you going to look for another position? Or do you want to do something different entirely? Do you want to work part-time? 
I don't know about you, Tenny, but I see people in my office every single week that are in that kind of a situation where they've left a full-time job, but that's not quite enough to get by, so they're working a part-time job now. Well, and I also see more and more people who are older who have decided not to retire right away, people who are 69, 70, 71, or whatever, who ordinarily would have retired at 65, but uh, they're not ready, as you talked about this other lady. They just don't know what they'd do with their lives if they did. Well, we have a whole checklist of things that we follow sometimes because one of the things you may want to ask is what if you're in some kind of a specialized area, whether you're an announcer at a radio station or whatever you happen to do, um, if you get an offer to leave, do you have a non-compete clause in that offer? Mm, right. Because you don't want your hands tied. You want to be able to go out and do the same thing that you've been doing all your life or trained to do. And you don't want to be prevented from going to work for a competitor, for example. Right. And sometimes my, I'm not um, an expert on this at all, but sometimes my understanding is that those non-competes work and sometimes they don't hold up. Well, as a real general proposition, usually they've been more and more restricted over the years by courts so that a non-compete now typically may only have a five-year uh, Five-year radius? It used to be a 25-year radius from your previous Mile, job. you mean, not year. Uh, yeah, mile radius. I'm thinking also the number of years that you couldn't right. compete. So you need to be cautious about that. But also be prepared to pay taxes. What if you're younger and you have a 401K and you say, okay, well, I can start collecting Social Security. Well, maybe you're going to be forced to take Social Security at an age younger than what you, you should be doing. Um, maybe if you're 62 years old and you're getting this buyout, maybe you don't want to really collect Social Security at age 62. You want to wait a little bit later so you can collect a larger amount. Um, and if you're under the age of 59 and a half and you say, well, I'm going to draw some money out of my 401K, then you, may be, you might be looking at a penalty. You might be looking at paying more taxes. So all of these are things that need to be evaluated. Right. I mean, I think the most important lesson of today is that you have to do some analysis. You can't make this decision on purely an emotional basis. Boy, I'd love to get out of that company, and they want to buy me out. I think I'm leaving. Well, sometimes that's that's a good reason, too. Well, that's true. (laughs) Sometimes you just don't like what you're doing. But I suspect that the number one most important reason for many people when you're evaluating a buyout offer is, what do you have for health insurance options? Yes, that, you know, that's really a critical thing, particularly if you're the head of a family and you're carrying everybody on your health insurance. Mm-hmm. So if you're near 65, then you can say, well, I'll go on Medicare when I'm 65 and I'll pick up a health supplement plan. But um, what if you're younger than 65? What are you going to do for health insurance? Are you yeah. going to continue the company's plan for a while? Will the offer maybe pay for health insurance for a year? So you've got other options or look for another job. But health insurance today is uh, an enormous burden, enormous cost for everybody. Yep. And you can't be without it. So it's um, one of the things we can do is sit down with you and help you evaluate any buyout offers you might receive and just give a call to either uh, Peter Lance or Ray Lance. We can be reached at 508-998-8858. Tenny, I'd like to say one more thing quickly. If you could hand me that little piece of paper. Um, Just before the break, I want to remind people that 
uh, on Wednesday, next Wednesday, on February 20th. You're going to be doing a Lunch and Learn webinar at 352 Fonts Corner Road. It's going to be at noontime. It lasts for just a little over an hour, and it's an opportunity to have lunch and have a refresher on protecting your estate. And I know one of the things that people are most interested in is how can you protect the family home as well? Should you gift assets to kids or not? What does the five-year look-back period mean? Um, give a call to Tenny or her staff at 508-998-8800 and make a reservation. And it really is important to make a reservation, isn't, isn't it, Tenny? Oh, yes. We do have very lim- limited seating. So um, if we don't know you're coming, we may have to put you in the hall. <laughs> but that would be all right. <laughs> and maybe you just get a cookie. <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, we have a lot of information. We can help you evaluate your offer, and we've done a lot of this over the years. Uh, we've done it for people in the post office. We've done it for people in the utility companies, uh, Verizon, and we're happy to help you if you are in that kind of a situation. So we're going to take a very short break and come back, and I want to talk about what happens if your pension plan goes broke. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation and how much of a deficit they're running right now. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Sunday morning, another Sunday morning, to spend a little time with you. Today we're talking about how you can evaluate an early retirement buyout offer, but we're also talking about what about your pension? What if you have an opportunity to take a pension as a lump sum or over time? What's the better choice for you? We see this a lot. I see it a lot with people who have worked in uh, the building trades in particular um, over their lifetimes, and they'll often have the opportunity to collect, number one, Social Security. Number two, they'll have a union pension because they've paid into the pension system. Then number three, they have something called an annuity, and the annuity is nothing more than a qualified retirement account that they've paid money into over the years. And so just as they, they're going to take their pension over time, they can't change that, the annuity is a little bit different. They can take that over time also as a payout, or they can take it as a lump sum. And which is the better choice? So many times I'll sit down and I'll first of all help them do their budget, and then I'll say, well, it looks like you've got enough income coming in between your regular pension and your Social Security. Maybe you should take the annuity portion as a lump sum instead, and we'll put that into a retirement account like an IRA account. And that's what most people will do and follow our recommendation. So let's talk a little bit about that. When you have a pension, sometimes you have the choice to take it over just your lifetime only, and that stops when you die, or other times you can take a pension and take a smaller amount and have a survivor benefit for your surviving spouse. It might be a 50% pension amount. It might be a 75% amount. But you don't always have the same kinds of choices when you have the annuity in the construction trades, I'm finding. And so often a lump sum is a better choice. And here's some questions you might want to ask yourself. Is it likely that either myself or my spouse are going to live longer than average? If you think you have a lot of longevity in your family, 
then maybe you take it over time instead of the lump sum. Then the next question you want to ask is, could I afford to lose some or all of this money? So if you do take a lump sum, um, it gives you other choices you can make in terms of investing the money and how you do that. And if you don't have a lot of experience in investing, then that's one of the things that we can help you with in our office. But I do think what you just mentioned, the question of whether you take a um, a payout just for your life or for your life and your spouse's life and so forth, is a very tricky point when people go to retire. And most people don't understand the difference. No, they don't. And they and they get handed a piece of paper that says, "Do you want life, or uh, what's the term for the other one? Life and um, or life and survivor." And, yeah, that's that's or one term for it. I can't simpler think. way to say it is, you could say single life only. Yeah, but people get very confused. It's not explained to them, and um, oftentimes they make the wrong choice. So that. Um, if your husband has chosen just life and something happens to him, you're deprived of that income for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And it could be substantial. Right. And teachers often have this kind of a pension when they go to retire, too, because the Mass State Teachers Retirement System uh, gives different choices for pensions. Yeah. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen it used to be take the largest sum that you could and then buy life insurance so that if something happens to you, there's a life insurance policy to benefit your spouse. That sometimes can work. It's not always the best option. And it's not always possible. It's not always possible. It's not there. If you're not healthy to get life insurance, then that's not necessarily going to be a good choice either. But we could sit down and help you evaluate that. And um, Well, and one thing I want to mention is that the HR people in a lot of companies are not really terribly inform nor do they necessarily spend a lot of time with uh, their employees to help them make those choices i vividly remember with girl scouts that people would come in to me and say jeepers i gotta make this choice by tuesday and i don't even understand what they're talking about so um it, it's something that you should get some advice about and in the area of uh, early pension terminations a lot of companies want to get out of pensions because they've done the math and they realize that uh, people are living longer and therefore it's costing more money to fund these pensions and keep them going. And they become monster unfunded liabilities. So states and cities across the country have major pension deficits right now that they can't fund. And they're going to run out of money at some point in time. Yes. And uh, again, there's a term related to that that uh, a lot of people have never understood. It's called defined benefit plans. Uh, not too many companies have defined benefit plans anymore. Uh, but that what that means is what Ray was talking about is that you get a pension. It's almost like a continuation of your salary. Yeah, it's based upon your salary, your age, your years of service. And it says you're going to get a pension for X dollars for the rest of your life, along with uh, hopefully cost of living increases. That's a defined benefit uh, pension plan. Defined contribution is where you put money in and the company puts money in, and then whatever that equals at the end will uh, end up being the amount of money you're going to receive. But across the country, um, companies in general um, are in trouble financially. We have something um, that says um, the government will back up and 
pay for a lot of the pensions if pension plans go broke, but the rules are so complicated for that. In uh, just four years ago, four, four or five years ago, it was estimated that there were, let's see if I can find the number, I'll find it in a minute. Um, I don't know if you remember, but my brother uh, lost his job at his manufacturing company, and uh, the company did not, had not funded properly the pension program that he was uh, guaranteed. So he is now receiving benefits from this pension guarantee. And as far as I know, it's not anywhere near where his uh, promised pension would have been in terms of the amount that he's getting. And the thing is, the government can't pay for everything. So we have something called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, PBGC. It's not funded straight by the government. It's funded by employer and pension company contributions. But uh, they've been running at huge deficits. So in 2014, the pension benefit guarantee deficit was $34 billion. Billion with a B. Well, last right? year it was $58 billion. Wow. So what that means is that you can't necessarily count on the fact that if your pension goes broke or if your company goes bankrupt and they try to put the pension plan into bankruptcy, there's supposed to be a plan to bail out the pension so you'll still get your money. And then it gets a lot more complicated from from there. Yes. Actually, probably most people who have a defined benefit pension program um, might have a little bit of concern about whether over their full lifetime that money is going to be there for them. I worry about that with Girl Scouts. Um, I'm, I've got a, a nifty pension, but is it going to be there forever? I don't know. Well, we hope so. But in any event, um, there are two kinds of employer plans. I'm not going to get into that except that, say, the amount of money that gets paid back by this Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, if your company goes out of business, the smallest amount of money smells like smoke in the studio or something. I don't know what it is. The smallest amount of money is paid to what's called a multi-employer plan. And those are typically people who have worked for unions, construction, retail stores, um, healthcare industries, think hospitals and so forth. So those kinds of businesses, the pension plans are typically covered by more than one by, by more than one pension plan. We're a little distracted here at the moment. I apologize. So all of this is to say one simple fact. If you have the choice between taking a pension and you're concerned about the possible longevity of the company and the longevity of your pension plan, maybe you're better off to take a lump sum. Maybe, but you need to analyze it and you need help understanding it. And that's why people should come and talk to you. Well, I've done a lot of work even just recently on the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation because um, I know for a fact that we've got companies even in the listening audience right here today uh, that are under the jurisdiction or their pensions are under the jurisdiction of the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Look at Polaroid. Yeah. Polaroid's probably the the shiniest example, so to speak. Um, I have a few more things I want to tell you. I'd like to, first of all, give you a quick quotation Um, this one happens to be an anonymous quotation. If I had known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. (laughs) 
Almost sounds well, like a Rodney Dangerfield quote. Hopefully, people take good care of themselves anyway. All but. right. You ready for this one? There's two quotations back to back. Okay. I'm going to cross my eyes on this one. First one is anonymous. You're only as old as you feel. The second one is from Groucho Marx. You're only as old as the girl that you feel. Oh, Jesus. That was bad, wasn't it? That was very bad. He was he was a funny man, though. But he was a funny man. <laughs> well, they they happened to be back-to-back, so I thought maybe I can get away with that one. <laughs> All right, I'll give you one more. People Maurice. love your quotations. There's no doubt about it. That's what they listen for is to hear the quotations. No, they don't. So keep going. Nobody cares about the quotations. <laughs> maybe I'll write a book and assemble all the quotations someday. Right. Quotations I have known in love but cannot use on the air. <laughs> those would those would sell. <laughs> well, um, the, the the biggest question you have to ask yourself if you have the opportunity is whether to take your pension as a lump sum. Um, and you have to measure that. You have to evaluate it. As a general proposition, there are so many good things out there that you can do today that – I think most people are generally better off taking the lump sum and controlling their own destiny and don't have to worry about the pension going out of business. And by good things, you mean various types of investments that this lump sum could be placed in that are going to do better than what the company's investment program is going to provide for you. I think that's uh, probably what you meant, Um, not to put words in your mouth, but Right. Is that right? You can do that. I do that anyway. You right. put food in my mouth, you might as well <laughs> put words in my mouth. <laughs> right? Correct. <laughs> when I'm really old and creaky, you can still put food in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I don't want to I don't want to consider the consequences. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? No. All right, one more anonymous quote. I don't do alcohol anymore. I get the same effect just standing up fast. <laughs> I like the alcohol better. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. So I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, about um, a, a gentleman who works in our office who also happens to be our son, Peter Lance. Um, I might have mentioned in the past that Peter recently passed the Uniform Investment Advisor Examination, which is a very tough exam. It's also known as the Series 65 exam. And he already has some other securities licenses as well. Uh, Peter's currently working with um, a company called Sterling Capital Management. They're a $70 billion investment group, and um, they manage assets currently for Vanguard, Morgan Stanley, Google, Apple, Adobe, Goldman Sachs, and many more. So it's a great company that he has an affiliation with. And um, if you have questions about uh, working with your investments in that area, he's more than happy to work with you. You know, one of the questions I like to ask uh, in general, Tenny, and I've done this a number of times, I like to ask people to challenge themselves and think about what are you doing in your own life? What are you doing in your own retirement? You know, we we only get one retirement, and we want to make sure that people do the best job they can. And having a retirement at all or the best retirement that they can. So give us a call at 508-998-998. Eight eight five eight, And if we were having this same kind of a discussion three years from today and you were looking back over those three years, what has to have happened in your life, both personally and professionally, estate plan-wise, financial-wise, 
for you to feel happy with your progress. You need to think about that. Well, and I think that people need to think of retirement not just as a way to do nothing, but what, as you say, what can you add to your life? I've done a lot of different things in my life, and I find right now that I need to uh, determine a challenge that uh, is going to make me feel comfortable and happy with uh, the rest of the years that I have. And I haven't figured out what that is yet, but I keep looking. Mm. I mean, certainly working is fulfilling to me because I enjoy helping people. I enjoy making people feel that they have uh, protected their family and protected their assets. So that's fulfilling. But then I go home at night and I think, gosh, there must be something more I should be doing. I have an idea. Oh, no. I know. It it would be something like feeding you better dinners. No, no. No, we'll put you on the stationary bicycle and put you on a really strict training regimen. Well, that's that's a useful thing to do, yes. And then Doesn't, when it gets to be warmer, you can ride the bicycle outdoors. No, that would be great, but doesn't do anything for my mind. And that's then what I'm worried. In August, you can do the Pan Mass Challenge. Oh, maybe, but I wouldn't. I don't think so. Okay, well, that's that's what I'm going to try to do. I know you are, and I think that's wonderful and. I do worry about it, but I think it's wonderful. Oh, no, I think it's going to be a great thing to do. It's, it's to raise money for the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. It's the largest fundraising, single fundraising charitable event in the country. It takes place here in Massachusetts, Pan Mass Challenge. Um, we've got clients that actually do that every year, yep. and I've been wanting to do that for a while. I'd like to give a couple of tax tips because we're in the middle of tax season. It's been interesting for the past few weeks, I've been telling people on the radio, you may not get as large a refund as you have received in the past. And guess what? It's all over the news right now. Absolutely it is. Just the past few days, it's been sort of one of the leading stories on the news in the morning that yep. people are complaining because, A, they're not getting the refunds that they used to get, or, B, they are having to pay taxes. They even have to pay, right. So... My advice, again, is to get out and check your taxes early so that if you're going to be in one of those situations, you can plan for it. You won't go out and spend your refund that you're not going to get, or you need to think if you're going to have to pay taxes. And taxes are things that you really need to include in any kind of a retirement plan that you do. Um, Taxes on your pensions, taxes on Social Security, all those sorts of things all fit into the picture that you can um, do an analysis for people, right? Yes. I want to give a couple of small tax tips, though, because I think they're important. Um, Some of you folks listening today may be doing volunteer work for charities. I bet you didn't know that if you itemize your deductions on Schedule A, you keep track of your mileage, you can deduct 14 cents a mile for any charitable driving that you do. So if you're doing things to help for charity and you're doing some driving, keep track of your miles and you can deduct it. I wonder, I wonder why they set that rate so low because the mileage rate uh, for business is, what, 50 cents or something It's now? a little higher than that. I think it's like 55 cents right now. I'm not sure exactly. You can also deduct uh, parking and tolls. So if you do a lot of work on a regular basis for charity, just remember that little thing. But the other thing I came across I thought was quite interesting um, – I get a weekly tax mailer that comes in, and so I was reading it just the night before the show. Um, 
The IRS is allowed to foreclose on real estate that's jointly owned by a married couple, even though only one person, say the husband, had tax debts. I had seen that somewhere. It's very scary. Well, this is a new case out of Missouri, but a lot of people think, well, if my husband owes taxes and we've been filing separately, you know, they can't go after my house, can they? And the short answer is yes, they can. So... Be careful who you're married to. Make sure they're paying their taxes. And if they're not doing what they should, um, get yourself protected. And you can talk to people about that too, Tenny. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, a homestead is not a protection against taxes. No, nope, that's a very good point also. It's not. Um, gentleman named Holbrook Jackson once said, um, no man is ever old enough to know better. What? No man is ever old enough to know better. It was men ought to know better, I, I, and they don't. <laughs> look at, again, look at all the stuff in the news that's coming out of Virginia oh, these gosh. days. Um, oh, gee. But what we, a won't, mess. we won't go into that in um, much detail. But um, I have one more quotation that I like that's anonymous that I have to give to today. I want to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather. Not screaming and yelling like the passengers on his bus. Oh, gee. <laughs> you have to think about that one a little bit. I like that. Oh, my word. <laughs> How'd your grandfather die? He died peacefully in his sleep. He just rode the bus off the road, that's all. <laughs> um, so, one lump or two, Tenny. Uh, let me remind people about a seminar that we're doing. That would be a good thing to do. Um on Wednesday, February 20th at noontime, we're doing something called a Lunch and Learn. I don't know if people have heard about this, but it's a way to get free food and free advice. So uh, if you'd like to come in, we're going to be talking about uh, ways to protect your assets, uh, the differences, differences between wills and trusts, um, what probate means, all those sorts of things. And we'd love to have you join us. We did one of these this past week and had a really good time. People laughed, and uh, I enjoy being with people and doing these kinds of events. So please call us at 508-998-8800 if you'd like to attend, just to let us know that you're coming so we have enough room and enough food. And as a final quick reminder, um the area of pensions, the area of early buyouts and taking lump sum or taking money over time, it's complicated. It's not one answer fits everybody. It's it's different based upon your own circumstances. We can help you analyze that. We've done that many, many times over the years. And if you're in that situation, you know, talk to us. And and the advice is useful in two ways, I think. Not only can can you do mathematical calculations and let people see in numbers how this might work out best for you one way or the other. But just talking it through with someone often relieves your mind. Sometimes people really just need some advice, some uh, sympathy, some empathy, uh, and that's what you and and Peter can do for them, Ray. Yep. And, um, you know, thinking about some of the things that you were just talking about, Tanny, of wanting to have you know, some further goals and some further purpose in life. I think most people do that. They want to feel that their life has somehow been significant in some ways. 
And I, I think you've done that in many, many ways. But but I need to continue. So in that in that spirit, let me give you a quotation from Winston Churchill. My favorite. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Ah, yes. What I a like that one. smart man he was. Well, he had a lot of free time and he had a lot of money. <laughs> he inherited money, but he but he was uh, truly a great man. And he was very committed to the public. Um, yes, he was. That's what people with a lot of money really should do. I saw Bill Gates the other day, Bill and Melinda, on uh, a morning program, and they're just terrific people. Yeah, I've always liked him. Uh, he's the fellow that did um, Microsoft and still owns Microsoft, most of the stock, but... Um, most of his fortune he's donated to his foundation for charitable purposes and trying to help the world. And why wouldn't you if you could? Absolutely. So with those closing thoughts, we just want to wish you a happy week and um, tell you that we really have a lot of experience in our office. Uh, More importantly, um, we have a great team of people. We've got 13 or 14 people running around there, and everybody does really excellent work. You might want to mention that we have a new employee who is the most enthusiastic lady I've known in a long while and what she does. Cheryl works for um, Lance Family Agency. Um, Even in just the few weeks that she's been there, she's been able to uh, save quite a number of people money on their car insurance and homeowner's insurance. And if she can't, she'll tell them, but she's been doing a really good job in that area. And she's so pleasant and so um, committed to helping people. Plus, she has a animal shelter. She's yep. just a neat lady. And she's involved in veterans' activities as well. So do something for your family. Do something for yourself. Do something for your community. And keep on listening. Thank you so much.